Is this thing on? Yeah, man. Good morning, bro. How you feel? <laughs> I'm feeling blessed, man. Feeling blessed. What's good with you? Same, man. Just, you know, watch the game last night. Start my weekend. Got some breakfast, you know, ready to talk hoops. Oh, sh- you, you, you got breakfast already. <laughs> I See, grabbed a little supper, man. See, I got I got a little baby. I got ten months. I ain't been doing nothing but making sure he eat. So, hey, hey, man, I love to hear it, bro. Yeah, man, got my all my time. Man, worthy. <laughs> young worthy. Yeah, but yo, it. but yo, let's 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 dive right into it, man. We we're back. Took a little hiatus, but but we're back. <laughs> uh, did what we had to do to get the the show jumping again. Um, we won't make this the first official episode while we work out the kinks with AMP. Uh, but shout out to AMP. But um, I'm excited to talk about the series and some NBA hoops, man. Yeah, definitely, man. A lot going along around, uh, a lot going along on along around the league. Great playoff series, two competitive teams, two well-balanced teams, two great coach teams. So definitely ready to dive into it, man. Now, I'm a I'm a Laker fan. You're a Knicks fan. Uh, <laughs> we're a bi-coastal podcast. Uh, the Nuggets kicked our ass last uh, round in the in the uh, conference finals. Uh, we weren't supposed to be there anyway, so I was I, I went into that. Let's start back there. I was looking at the conference finals as you know, uh, you know, not a moral victory, but like what? Let's see what happens. And we saw what happened. We got swept. Um, so coming into this, coming coming into this series, I mean the Heat, wow, uh, eight seed took Celtics to seven and beat them in Boston. Um, how did what did you think about that series? Like, did you really think they were going to go into Boston and beat them in Game Seven? Uh, honestly, I didn't. Uh, but I mean, when you think about it, like to lose four in a row, that's pretty typical. But, yeah. you know, I just knew that they were such a well-balanced, well-disciplined coach team. I thought they would definitely be resilient and give a fight. But Boston had just been playing so well, so much momentum. I know, you know, they're a proven, you know, tested team. They had, you know, playoff experience, went to the finals the previous year. So I really didn't know who would win it. But just Boston having the home court advantage, I thought they would be able to pull it out. And I thought, honestly, I thought Boston was the better team. Yeah, I bro, they're definitely the better team on paper. I would say, yeah, yeah, that's the thing about team, right? Like, you can have all that talent on team the six man of the year, two all NBA players, the, the defensive player of the year from a couple years ago, uh, Al Horford. You have all these pieces and still lose to a well oiled machine like Miami, like the yeah. last seven, seven undrafted players and a star that is just like doesn't give a damn. Who's just like just gonna go out there and try to rip your head off and Jimmy Butler? So um, that that was crazy to me. And then to come into to the Denver series, Denver Miami finals, I, I thought it was gonna be a sweep. Game one uh, was an easy win for Denver. Never really was in contention. Game two was a heavyweight finals fight, um, and Miami was was able to. Uh, come out. They won game two, right? Yeah, they won a game two. They was yeah. Like, game the rally was crazy. Like the Heat yeah, had been bro. fantastic throughout the whole fourth quarter, throughout the playoffs. But Spo's adjustments to switch to that two-two-one, and like I was just really impressed. You know, to outscore them by 20, 20 plus points in the fourth quarter of a finals game was really impressive. And I, I know, I know, Jokic has been killing. His numbers have been amazing. But 
He's working for them for them forty points, bro. Like, Yo, he really is. Like he's Bam's working for them. All these up and under double clutches. Yeah. You know, he's getting difficult looks, getting the double team, and they don't have to pass it out and kick it out. So that you know, the Miami's defense is 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 making them work for these points. But Jokic is just, you know, he's a beast. He's just great. And I was talking to someone last night, and they were like, "AD did a better job on Jokic than Bam did." And I and, and I and I fought him on that, you know, because. I don't know if that's true. Like, they had to put LeBron on him. They had to put Rui on him. They were helping out. And he didn't have to score 40 points because KCP and Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon was having, like, the series of their lives. Like, they had last (laughs) night. So, he he didn't have to score 40 points. Bam is, like, making them work, beating them to spots, fighting with him a little bit, but he's still getting 40. So, I I, I get it. When you saw last night, he was able to force those two offensive foul calls, getting them frustrated, getting them into foul trouble. So there were like the the Lakers threw him different looks as far as personnel, but I think Bam matches up well with them just on a great defensive end. I mean, all defensive second team player, you know, consistently, you know, uh, in the running for defensive player of the year. So I think they're making it difficult for him. But he also, I love how Spo says, like, when you try to limit and take away, it's just like the guy makes the right play every time. Yeah. He's just gotta, a talented player, so there's not much you can do with him. But I think that's the struggle for Miami is that they haven't been able to speed up the game. So if you're going to get into a half-court game with the Nuggets, you're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, they have an offense that is all about sharing the ball. They have a dynamic scorer in Jamal Murray who would do it on all three levels. Obviously, yeah. if Jokic touches the ball in the paint, the ball, the ball is going in the hoop. They have shooters. They have people who cut, like Christian Brown, who had 15 yeah. points in game, game three, and Aaron Gordon, who's just all around the rim all the time. So it's not much you can do. Like, I, I haven't seen an offense like this since, like, the 2014, like, Spurs or something something like that. Mm. Like, this is this is crazy. And, and during the Lakers series, I was very frustrated because I was like, we were doing a good job of defending them, but they were just that much better than us. <laughs> it was. It, I feel like that's the same thing here. Like, like the Heat are are making are fighting them. They're running them off spots. You know, they're contesting shots. But the Nuggets just find a way, quarter after quarter, to make plays. And like, you're in the game, but you're really not because in the fourth quarter they're going to make the right adjustments and come out yeah. with the win. Definitely, definitely. I mean, they're and they're, well, I think a lot of people don't realize like the Avid fan. They're so long defensively that they can recover. Like you have Porter, Aaron Gordon, who's just you know a utility guy who had a great game last night, that they're able to switch off those from rotations. They're able to play the pick and roll. They don't offense. They're able to play the high low like you see with Gordon. Like when Jokic made that alley-oop to Gordon so quickly, like who makes that play? Bro, that was insane. Who can just throw it from 25 feet, throw it at the rim, and a guy throws up the lob to be able to do those and get different looks. Like they're just such a uniquely well-put-together team. Then you bring a guy like Jeff, uh, Jeff Green off the bench who has length, versatility, size. Then you got Bruce Brown, who, like you said, can cut, can shoot, defend, and has his own identity as a role player, which I think in the NBA is hard to do. But mm-hmm. he, like, brings it every night, makes it, you know, difficult for the team's best offensive wing, but, like, can still give you offensive and keeps that demeanor of toughness, team, like, team ball. So I love watching this team overall. Yeah, and then game three, you know, their two stars just casually have triple doubles. Uh, <laughs> Yogic Yoke, has a 30, 20, and 30, 10 game. 20, like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. But let's, let's go into detail about, about last night a little bit. Um, from what I saw from the beginning, it started off a little slow. Uh, I think the defense, the defenses were really keen in and really trying to get to their game plan. 
Bam was really impressive within the first couple of minutes. Uh, hit a few shots, and he's been balling. Like people talk about his defense, but he had had twenty points every game except last night, I think. So he's been scoring the ball as well. Um, but uh, at, at halftime, it was a four point game, and I'm thinking, can Heat steal another one at home? Can they do it? And it turns out it was not that. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the case. That was not the case. That third quarter when Denver came out yeah. and you know, Eric Gordon had 20, 12 points in the first six minutes. Him and Jokic, I think, had like 26 in the quarter. I mean, they just came out with a spark, and it was just like, damn. But the Heat's rotation is when, when you break it down, like Struth and Vincent are playing less than 20 minutes, and they're, you know, they gave you a combined two points last game. So it's like these two role points, players. Bro. Yeah, these role players who are playing incredible throughout the playoffs are just not giving you anything. And Kevin Love was fighting for his life. He, oh yeah, he hit, he hit three. <laughs> I think he hit three threes in that third quarter. He even took somebody off the dribble with a layup, and I was like, "Is Kevin Love going? Is this a Kevin Love game? Is this, <laughs> is this, is this really about to happen?" And and then it, that run ended very shortly. But, um, very very brief. Very brief. Very very brief. He uh after that bang shot, but um. It was interesting for the rest of the game. Jokic picked up his four, his fifth foul with nine minutes left. So that was interesting to see if, like, that type of impact would have taken a toll on the on the lead. And they made a little run, but it wasn't enough to be that impactful. And um, the, the, the Nuggets took it from there. But um, I have a couple other non-basketball things to talk about in this game. One, one thing is, can we stop showing Pat Riley and Alonzo Mourning Sitting behind <laughs> the stanchion, looking like the mafia. Can we stop that? <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't seen Calvin Booth one time by by oh, yeah. ABC, ESPN, the, the Nuggets GM, Calvin Booth. I haven't seen him one time, but I keep well, seeing NBA player, footer, Kevin Booth, who's only been the GM for well, I think maybe two years now, but has done a phenomenal job. Yes, can we get him some some light? Like, where is he? Yeah. Yeah, like can, we, can we show him, like, you know, courtside <laughs> at the game? Can we show that brass? But I do really enjoy seeing, you know, Pat Riley, Bob Lanier, and Alonzo Mourning looking like, you know, the godfather. Bro, you enjoy that? You enjoy that? I'm sick yeah, of it. It's so humorous because it's just like, when do you see a front office with just such, you know, menacing look? And it's Bro. just like, mm. So menacing, right? I ain't nobody's scared. <laughs> right? Nobody's scared. <laughs> And the second, the second thing I have to say is, like, I'm a, I'm an avid tweeter, right? So, and one of my favorite food places is Chipotle. So Chipotle is having this. Every time they get a, they our team hits a three, they'll send out a code for some free Chipotle. So I want some yeah. free Chipotle. I want some free Chipotle, right? Every time I send the code, I don't get the damn Chipotle. <laughs> we got be, I got the notification. I got the notification on. I got the because the, everything is free threes, something, something, something. So I have it teed up. I'm ready to go. Two seconds in, I send a text. Boom. I don't get the Chipotle. It's a scam. They want they want engagement and they got it. But yeah. not, not anymore. <laughs> they got you. They want you to sign up to get your information and they got you too. Yeah, I'm, I'm done though. I'm done. <laughs> I'm over them. Yeah, um, I do better, but I can't lie. Chipotle is my go-to meal after the gym. I'm there twice a week. I mean, that once a week, yo, me and my wife were like, listen, we're not cooking today, uh, so that's it. Chipotle it is. <laughs> Chipotle it is. Now, Jokic had an interesting bite after the, the game. Uh, some uh, reporter asked him about 
his stat line. It was the first since KD and Tim Duncan yeah, or something like that. It was like KD, LeBron, and someone else. And it was like a, it was like pretty pedestrian for him. It was like 20, 10, and 4 or something, right? Yeah. You mind if I play that real quick? No, Let's go ahead. This. Let's see if this works. Can you hear that? No, I can't hear it on my end. Not all right. So that's that's good to know. Uh, let's see. Okay, so I see. I have I have to uh, send this, but we can keep talking. Um, this is a good test because that means I have to send the clip to my phone. Yeah, still working out the kinks, you know. I love it. Yeah, man. It's, 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 it's this is what this is for, right? Yeah, man. But I love this platform so much. I'm just messing around with it, just seeing how you know it's so like music concentrated, but then you have so many people interjecting throughout the platform. Like, right, right, right. You know what I mean? I think with just like right. all these new digital spaces that come up, it's so interesting. And, and also from like an intellectual curiosity standpoint to like learn them and like, you know, just learn to see what's going on and seeing how the in- innovativeness of these new platforms and how people are using technology and still like connecting people on like commonalities and like, in- like like-mindedness and interest. I love that. Yeah. When the amp approached me about it, it was just like, I would have never thought to use this platform, which has so many capabilities for us. Like we can download yeah, the episodes, yeah. we can download the episodes, we can play music on on this, we can, you know, have video. Like when we get to that point, like it's it's a no, it was a no brainer to build on a platform like this, and they're su- supportive of creators. So it it was a great seamless transition here. I love it, man. I love it. All right, it. let's see, let's see. History to record the line that you had today, joining like LeBron, uh, KD, and Tim Duncan. Uh, what, do, what do you think about when you hear that? It's not a big 23, 12, and 4. <laughs> Whatever, the 23, 10, and 4. Oh. Oh. <laughs> cool. Oh. That's, that, like, that's the reaction I had. 23, 10, and 4. Um, all right. Yeah, eye yeah. opening about that. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so regular. So regular. But that's that's who Jokic is, man. Humble dude. But yeah. shout out to the Denver Nuggets uh, on their way to their first championship. I think they close it out at home in Game Five. Um, Jokic gets to goes back to his horses, enjoy his life. I feel like he's mis- <laughs> I feel like he's miserable while he's playing. He's just like I'm really good at basketball, and I need to provide my family, and I want to go home to my horses. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go back to my horses. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, maybe yacht week in Serbia, leave, and then go to Croatia or something. You know what I mean? Just Two of my big, my, my other, my other super large brothers. Oh my, yo. Them too, man. You're not sick of them? <laughs> Bro, I, I, I honestly laugh every time I see it. Like, I'm we get it. You're tough. Like, people just jump through my screen and like kick my ass. But it's just like, nobody wants any smoke. No, I don't want smoke. I don't want smoke. <laughs> I, I, I love you guys. All right. <laughs> love. Nothing but kind of <laughs> You're good in my book. Do whatever you want. <laughs> um... All right, so closed out the finals, man. I, this the season is coming to an end, but when the season comes to an end, you know what news starts coming out? Free agency. Oh yes, people getting moved, people rumored to be getting moved. 
Uh, Damian Lillard's on live every week talking about teams. I don't know why he's doing that, but I mean, <laughs> to, to each his own. But the big news that so came out this I week. I today that all these players are, like, so engaged in the media and have their own platform and want to, like, express their thoughts. Like, I love yeah, it. Like, it's so dope that we have this access and that they're just, like, not holding back. NBA media is very toxic. Everybody, <laughs> everybody wants to be first. Everybody wants to be first, and nobody like I don't believe anything that anyone says except for a few people. Some of my sources, not really my sources, but the people that I trust, and then everybody else like they just say stuff without saying like if they have the inside information, they just say this could happen, this could happen, and people are like, obviously it could happen, but why say it? <laughs> Hypothetically, like, anything could happen. Yeah, like it's crazy, but the the big news that came out this week, CP3 man. Oh yeah, CP three man. I it, it's sad to see such a legend be part of Father Time, be part of the natural. I wouldn't say progression, but the natural next step in his career, which is be, probably becoming uh, a fourth option on a team, Ooh. a fourth option on a team, uh, a championship team, I should say. Chris Paul can't be. A, third, a top three option on your team if you want to win a championship anymore. No, I can't. And, and that and hurts from with the playing style. It's like he can't be as ball dominant. So, do you want him as your lead guard? Is he a, still a starting caliber? I player? didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that. But <laughs> you, you, said, you said it. So now, now I'm, I'm with it now. Uh, I, because I just watched, you know, Phoenix. When you watch them, I love watching the regular season. They're fast paced, high scoring. Great defensive team. I loved when they had Bridges, Bridges and Cam Johnson. That core was amazing. I love what um, uh, James Johnson, uh, James Jones had built. But then when they made that trade, it switched the dynamics up, and then they became such a half court oriented team. There was no fast break. The defensive, the defensive uh, intensity on the on the uh, perimeter wasn't the same. They had no bench once they lost Crowder as well. So it was like, this is this is this going to work? And then Chris Paul gets hurt every playoffs. It never every every. Death, CP3 hurt during the playoffs. Every playoffs, man, it's like inevitable, which is which is sad. But just to give you guys the context, uh, the Suns let Chris Paul know that he is going to be waived. Um, now, there's there's two instances where that can happen. Oh, uh, there's different situations for for Chris Paul. The important dates of note is six twenty eight. That is the day that they had need to guarantee his contract or or waive him. So they guarantee his contract after June 28th, he gets his full amount, right? But if they waive him prior to that, they're only on the hook for 15.8 million. So they can waive him and pay the 15.8 million, uh, but he'll become a free agent. And in that case, he can he can sign back with them in that case for, for whatever is left on the cap. Mm. Uh, it also it also creates a five million dollar tax mid level exception, so they have some money to play with in the free agency, or they can waive him and stretch him over five years, which will be a three point one six million uh, cap hit. But he can't resign with the team. But that also creates a twelve a twelve million dollar non tax mid level. So some situations there, some it gives them some flexibility in terms of rebuilding that roster because as we saw in the finals against the Nuggets, like you can't have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant score 80 points a game. 
Like that, that can't happen. You need a, a full. Uh, <laughs> it's super entertaining to watch, but from a competitive basketball team, there's no balance, and it is not sustainable, and it is not a winning formula. And you know, there's a whole there's a whole regular season to play, which Kevin Durant will probably miss some games. Um, yeah. So you need to re, you need to build out your whole roster, and this gives this gives them some options. I think the route to go with is the stretch and wave. Uh, in mm. my opinion, you get twelve million dollars, and plus you get you know. That that cap hit isn't as much, so you get to sign some some better players, like some players that maybe be a, above that mid level exception. So, I think if you're really thinking about rebuilding your roster, that's the way to go. If they choose to bring them back, like you only have that five million dollar tax level, and then the rest is not is veteran minimums. Like, do you want to really run it back and do that? I, I don't. I don't. I don't think you do. Yeah, I think you have a lot of questions to ask yourself, especially, you know, considering his, his injury history and the durability standpoint. So what direction are you moving in? Especially because under contract, I mean, you, they only have A.N., Kevin Durant, Booker, Landry Shamit under contract. So it's just mm-hmm. like, what are you going to do to fill out your roster? And it's just like, do I want to still, you know, have Chris Paul on the books for $30 million a year and potentially not have him when we need him most? So mm-hmm. I don't know what, you know, personally I, I am with the, 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 the wave and stretch out the contract. So you get that $12 million and, you know, but it's like, who do you bring in? Because you're immediately, right. asked, you know, pose that question: How do we fill that void? And it's just like, mm, do we, you know, try to find some a, a young point guard? Do we, you know, go after a, a big name point guard like Kyrie and just, you know, pay the luxury tax? So you have a number of options. But Ooh. I think, I think it's interesting because it's like, how do you want to build your team? The Suns were built through the draft, and then they went big. You know, they went for the big home run shot, trying to get Kevin Durant, and you know, it didn't work out. But it's just like, what are you going to do moving forward? How are you going to build this roster? Yeah, I, I think a lot of that will have to do with what they decided to do with DeAndre Ayton. Um, mm, very we, we, talked, we talked about this on Twitter a little bit. We went back and forth on is he worth his contract? <laughs> is, is, yeah, is he is he worth his contract? Is he not? I, I, I think he is. And I heard Wendy, Brian Windhorst from the NBA, um, ESPN, said, like, it's a, it's a good chance that he could stay. Like, what is his value? that you can bring back. I don't think they will get the value they want if they traded him. I don't I don't yeah. think that they might get a few draft picks uh and and two like good mid-level role players, but you're not going to get a star back. Like not saying Aiton is a star, but yeah, you're not going to get a star and an elite level player. Yeah, you're not going to get what you want back. So yeah. I, I think with Frank Vogel coming in, I think him uh Aiton's and, and Monty's relationship was little on the brink no matter what they say. We saw it. Yeah. We saw it on camera like they, he had a hard time following the teachings of Monty. Fogo is a defensive-minded coach, can help him. He's a hard nose from went from Indiana. He had a championship in L.A. Like, he's going to – he's coached the best. So, um, you know, Aiton should have some respect for him as far as the defensive end and, and learning on that end. So, I would give it another year. Like, give it another year. Uh, see if he, he takes that next step, which is, like, becoming a defensive force and more of a motor on offensive end as far as, like, setting screens, rolling to the rim, which is he can do very well. He reminds me of, like, Gortat in that sense. Like, he can roll to the rim and finish with the best of them. And- oh, yeah, he rolls to the rim and can flush it. And, like, I think he gets better as he, the more touches he gets. The more involved he is in the offense, the, then you see his excitement, his energy pick up. I think, you know, he just is a great young player, but sometimes he wants to be a finesse big, and I think it worked very well when they had, like, JaVale McGee, they had Dario Saric, so they had other bigs to play comp- to complement each other's style. But when he has to be that defensive anchor, I think it's just, like, 
he just doesn't want to do that and bang, bang, bang. You know, he was a number one pick, so he understands he has that skill set. But I think he's regressed the last two years under Monty. I think Monty also kind of lost the team during the finals loss against the Bucks. They were they won the first two games and then effectively lost the next four. So I thought that was a big hit. And then the following season when they lost to the Mavs in seven, and you saw, you know, him not uh, eight not want to go back in the game. I think it was just a little bit of tension once they re-signed and be re-signed the Max obviously there. And I think, you know, him not making the adjustments because he's – I'm a big Sun fan and avid watcher. I saw him stagger Chris, Chris Paul's and Booker's minutes. Monty would let Booker play the whole first quarter and take Chris Paul out with five, about five minutes left and then let Chris Paul start the second quarter. And he stuck with that. And mm-hmm. the Bucks made these runs, and teams started, like, predicting this. So he didn't change, and he didn't change his coaching style. And I think that kind of got – you know, that kind of got lost and, and, and tired on the Suns, too. Yeah, like, I think for the Suns is going to be needed, even though I love Monty. Yeah, I, I love Monty, too, but um, he's not mad right now. Like, he, he's got his big bag in Detroit. Oh, uh, so, so, super bad. So good for him. I, I was very surprised at that number, but good for him, good for his family. Coaching Cade Cunningham and uh, Jalen Ivey is not a bad gig at all, either. Oh, not at all. And they got a yeah. solid draft pick this year, so they got some they got some things to build on. Yeah, um, Wiseman too. They got they got some pieces. Wiseman, Wiseman is there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. they got some, they got so some they young got pieces. Pieces and you know, it'd be interesting to Wayne Casey in that front office. So, I'm going to enjoy watching that young squad play. Yeah, I, they'll definitely be one of my league pass teams. They were yeah. earlier this they were they were a team I was watching earlier this season this year, but then like halfway in, you're like, okay, now they're gonna start trying to work on things and not be as competitive. So <laughs> yeah, it, kind of, yeah. it kind of fell off. Uh, but but and then this the Chris Paul conversation. Just want to brainstorm some teams me and you think he can go to. I I personally think he's gonna come to the banana boat. He's gonna come to LA. Uh, <laughs> the Lakers with, with his boy Braun. Um, yeah. I think it's a it's a great fit. I don't know what we're going to do with D'Angelo Russell. I doubt that we resign him if we can get Chris Paul. Like it, that wouldn't make sense, being, being that he commands up to like twenty five million a year. Probably this yeah. talks of this talks of us doing a signing trade to the few places. Fred Van Vliet is on the radar, which I would love. But I see him in L.A. Um, helping Brian out with some of the ball handling responsibilities. Uh, they have that comfortability there, picking roles with AD. So I, I predict. Lakers, and I have no inside information, obviously, that he will be on the Lakers. What about you? Um, I think the Lakers are a realistic option. It reminds me of what they did a couple of years ago when they added Rondo. You get a guy who is a veteran point guard who can play defensively and, you know, can play off the ball, but play, you know, can still be a little bit ball dominant. Um, I think another interesting one that's flying out there right now is this Philadelphia 76ers, depending on what Harden does. I think that's an interesting play. Right, right, um, right. I mean, because you know he wants to compete for a championship, wants to go, you know, I think, you know, we're also throwing rumors at the Heat. I think that's an interesting one. I don't know how realistic that is. I mean, they have mm-hmm. an older veteran, Kyle Lowry, who actually played pretty well last night. He did. Um, he did. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I think I think he has a number of options It just in regards to basketball fit. You're seeing the Clippers get mentioned out there, but I think Russ came in and kind of solidified his spot there. You do? Um, okay. Yeah, right. I mean, Russ with the Clippers – in the absence of Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs and Paul George, he really had an outstanding series against the Suns. But that's the thing with Russ. If you give him the ball, 
and let him run the show with him by himself, he is amazing. He is amazing. Yeah. But as we yeah. saw when Kawhi and PG were healthy, he struggled a little bit. Like he, he, did. he did. He struggles with other stars. He struggles to fit in in those that that third slot role. He struggles yeah. with that because he very can't. True, very he can't true. He can't shoot like he used like he used to do. He can't. That mid range used to be his bread and butter, and it seems to be a little bit of a struggle area for him. But he can yeah. pass with the best of them. He can rebound with the best of them. He has the energy. He has the best energy yeah. in the league by far. So it's like, do I want him on that team with Kawhi and PG healthy when I can when I can have a Chris Paul yeah. who fits in, who fits in, who can shoot, who can do all those things at the, at a lower price. That's the conversations that need to be had with Jerry West. No, that's a very good statement. I think Russ, like you said, being that third option, he definitely struggles because he, you know, he spaces the floor, but he's not a great shooter. He's not, you know, what what is his true role when he's that third option and, and doesn't have the ball dominantly in his hands? So uh, you're very right about that. Um, and especially if you can get CP3 at a discount, but as you're just throwing that, you know, you got you to be aware of that injury history. So it's like, you know, that double-edged sword. Yeah. Because he picks up that attrition from the regular season and to come playoffs, he's like, I played 60, 60 plus games throughout this season. My hamstrings bound, falling off the bone. <laughs> and I, am I going to be making it, you know, to play in May? And it's like, no, the last few years, you're just not ready, bro. The thing about Kawhi is he's really hurt, bro. Like, yeah. if, if you see him walk in the locker room and in the tunnels, he does not walk straight, bro. Like, he's really hurt. So, I get it now. Like a few years ago, I was probably like, damn, what's wrong with this dude? Like he never plays. But when he's 40, like 50, 50 years old, 55 years old, he is not going to be able to walk correctly. Oh, at all. Because he's, he's playing like, in pregame, he's a little gimpy and he's just, you know, like immobile, has the ice packs on. So yeah, he definitely has that injury history. But I think the average common fan doesn't understand like the difficulty of the rehab process. And, mm -hmm. you know, just how that alters your body, not just that particular, you know, bone or muscle group that you hurt, but just, you know, other things that have to get supplemented. And it's just like it is a process. So for him to come back on that ACL and the other the litany of industry injuries he's had, it's just like, damn. Yeah, man. Shout out. Shout out to Kawhi. I mean, you yeah, but when you watch him play, it's like he's still a fucking beast. Yeah, man. He, like some of these games against like, the Suns when he was having what thirty eight, and I'm just like, yo, he, I mean, he is a menace in the half court, can get his shot, great size, great footwork. Like, I I love watching Kawhi. I don't. He's on the Clippers. I hate the Clippers. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like Clipper Daryl right now. <laughs> I'm I'm a Laker. I, I I think he's on the Lakers. Uh, you didn't get a, a, the answer, man. Where do you think he's going? Come on, CP. Yeah. To be honest with you, I think it happens with Harden. If Harden goes, if Harden goes to Houston, I think the best, the next, the next natural fit is just go to Philly. You'll get okay. a chance. To be, you'll get a good roster. Um, I, you know, you get to play with a young guard like Maxi. Um, they have an, uh, another good guard, and uh, what's the guy from USC who came off the bench? He played pretty well this year. Um, Melton. Oh, Melton yeah, Melton. Well, yeah, I don't think he's ready for a starting role, but you can, you know, balance balance him out. Bring. Uh, Bring uh, Melton in. Uh, uh, they still have Tobias Harris. They still have a good core. You got Embiid. So I think that just is a natural fit for if you want to continue to compete. Um, yeah, that's just the next best team. I've heard Memphis thrown out there too because of Josh. I've heard Boston. I've heard uh, Boston too. I don't see it with Boston. You have Brogdon. You have White. Then you also have Smart. So you have a good core guard. So I just yeah. I don't see it. Honestly, well, I, think, I, just, I think that's if 
I think that's if they make a move. Like, is is will Jalen Brown be there? We're going we're getting down a rabbit hole now. Like, there's so many there's so many players there's so many players that are rumored. Like you said, Harden, Beard, Dame. Like, it's it's so many players yeah. that we we probably have a whole pot on that. Um, if Beard leaves Philly, it's for Houston. I just don't see what what the goal is there. Is it just money? Um, I, he he loves Brad, he's been an MVP in that city, so it's just like I I I, I went to a city to try and compete. Um, we didn't win it, so let me just get this money. I'll get three. I'll get thirty thousand points, maybe a shot at another MVP. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess at that point, if he's not happy in Philly or for whatever reason, not with you know him and Joel have a good relationship. It seems yeah. maybe he's just like he's ha- he's really happy in, in Houston. So yeah. in that case, it's your life. Live it how you want, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll enjoy the Houston nightlife. Yep. I'll be able to, you know, put up 30 great numbers again. So I think, you know, that that's another option about Harden. It's rather than, you know, keep ring changing, bouncing around, go to a place you feel comfortable, go to a place you feel wanted, and you can truly leave a legacy. He'll be he'll be closer to little baby, so that's that's good. <laughs> and go to the other great Houston nightclubs. Yep, get some Lou pe- lemon pepper Lou wings and ATL in a quick quick flight. Uh, so that's good, man. Um, but honestly, I I really enjoy watching Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. They are a good fun young backcourt to watch. You are the first person I've ever heard say that. Great, not winning. I will not say they play winning basketball, but it's fun. And then you got um, Jabari Smith. Um, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, they play really fun. Houston Rockets are one of my NBA League Pass teams to watch. Wow. I mean, I, you're the first person I, I heard say that. And it's like, for me, I, I don't like watching it. I don't like watching it play. <laughs> I, I don't like watching the Warriors kitty version. Like, the light. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like watching them just step back threes from everywhere. Uh, playing no defense. Seventeen seconds left in the shot clock. Yeah, I, I don't like watching that type of basketball from a young team because those shots really hardly go in for them. I think they have potential though. Like I, I do think they have potential. I like Jalen Green as a player. I like Jabari Smith. He came on at the end of the, the end of the season and proved that he was he was worthy of that top three pick. So I, I like the potential. I'm just saying right now. I'm, and Goon I'm, is good too, man. Another good foreign player. Who? I was saying uh, Goon, man. Uh, my God. Good, man. I, I like watching him as well. So, you know, they're just like a young, fun team I want to watch. I, me personally, I truly do love watching the bad teams in the NBA with the young talent. Okay. That's yeah, fair. Man. Yeah. That's fair. Like, that's the next generation of the game. And it's just like, like you know what I mean? They, they're just playing free. Still learning the game, still learning how to be a you know, learning how to be a veteran. They're learning the NBA game, how to play both ends. So it's it, to me, I I get enjoyment of seeing, you know, guys become professionals. Yeah. I I agree with you to a to a certain point. Like I ain't gonna watch every game, but I'll, I'll watch because <laughs> <laughs> they, they're not gonna be on ESPN or anything, so I'll check oh, in. No. <laughs> they're never on ESPN. Ne- they never. never watch no televised games. You will not see them on ABC on Sunday. You will not see them on a marquee game, but you will, I will stay up to watch them on ten thirty once they're playing a the game against the Kings. Touche. Yeah. All I had right, to do this with De'Aaron Fox until he became a household name. What happened? I had to do this with De'Aaron Fox became, until oh, he became a yeah. household name in the playoffs. Never was a fan of De'Aaron Fox until probably two years ago. Because of the whole Lonzo thing, we had Lonzo. Fox. Oh wow! I love that rivalry when they when yeah. Lonzo was at UCLA and he was at Kentucky. I loved it when they first got to the league. 
Exactly. So I had to ride with Lonzo, even though I knew Darren Fox was probably like a better scorer. But Lonzo mm-hmm. had that all-around game. Um, I think Fox had 40 on up in the NCAA tournament or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So it was hard going, getting through that. I'm like, Lonzo's not a scorer. Lonzo's not a scorer. <laughs> it's like, no, he got he got cooked. Um, and also, but yeah. I wish my best to Lonzo. I hope he can come back. I hope, you know, he gets – fully have recovered and can get the best because you know he's a he was a good guard i loved i i wanted to see him recover and have a good you know a good chance with the chicago Bulls. so hopefully he comes back healthy and everything yeah the, those yeah. knee those knee troubles are just tough man they're, yeah they're man. Tough. Those, knee, those ligament industry injuries man we're wishing him all the best man yeah man speedy recovery um hope to see you back on the court sometime next season man because you you're honestly a talented player like he made that whole Bulls team go when they were good it was because of Lonzo like he oh, yeah. made that team go as soon as he got hurt that's when we saw the downfall so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. speedy recovery bro um that's all I have from from a basketball standpoint we can d- go into like the Apple news and what that means for sports just for a little bit um I don't know if you had anything else yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that was just one of the major things. And then especially with Messi signing and then the whole MLS and then him getting a, you know, a portion of the, uh, yeah, you know, man, that's like, that was just a crazy deal. And then you got, you know, live sports this week and the PGA. So there was some huge, huge, huge things along in the sports world. Messi turning down $1.6 billion. Seems like, <laughs> seems fake. Yeah. It just doesn't seem fathomable. Like, me, I'm taking the bread. Like I'm taking the bread. Yeah. I'll see you later. I can go to MLS in three years. Like I'll see you later. But yeah, I'll, I'll said, do my victory lap when I'm 38. I'll come to yeah. America for for just laughs. Yeah, but his net worth is like 500 million or something like that. So it, it's different when you're thinking about it from that lens. <laughs> you have five million. <laughs> and I, so. and I also, the deal he was able to structure to get a percentage of the the you know the the streaming rights deal with Apple and to mm-hmm. become a. a uh, 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 part owner of the Miami, which is a really smart move to team up with David Beckham. So I think it, you know, and, and also Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah, man, Kevin Durant. Shout out to Kevin Durant, hold the whole boardroom team, and they're making really, really big waves in the business world. But I think it was just, you know, a smart play overall, and also the lifestyles. Like, do I want to, you know, be in Saudi Arabia with this lifestyle, you know, with the strict guidelines of the living, or as opposed, do I want to just, you know, Chill you know, out go to the market in America, a more global market? Yeah, it was it was a family play. He even said it like he has to think about his family. I guess yeah. once once your wife says like no, that's it. You have to go with whatever that says. Yeah, um, <laughs> happy wife, happy life, man. And being closer to his home country in Argentina. I mean, he's been in Europe for like you know the past fifteen years. So that that's making that sacrifice, being closer to home, in such an international city like Miami. I think it was just an, an easy, if all things considered, besides the money, easy play. Yeah, I agree. And when speaking on Apple, they just introduced their new headset. Uh thirty five hundred dollars. Not an easy not an easy price point. Yeah. Um competitors with Facebook and Meta now, not Facebook, Meta, uh, with their Oculus headset. This yeah. shit looks nuts, bro. This looks like some stuff you see in a in a movie. You can FaceTime with it on. You can text and move around your apps. You can probably go into yeah. your GPS or something like that. Like you can watch games on it. Have like a courtside view. This is insane. Um, this is insane tech. I don't know if people are going to be wearing this stuff outside, walking around with it because it's like see through. So I don't know how people are gonna gonna use it. But I think for the sports industry. 
it creates a partnership opportunity for most uh, leagues to have further VR, AR experiences. Oculus was probably one of the was probably the first one to be in that industry, but I think Apple will take it to a new level with this courtside view they have. I think it has the potential to even charge on a per game basis to be like this is the best seat in the house type of type of feel. Like this creates endless opportunities for the sports industry and for life in general. But it's kind of freaky. Yeah, no, it, it, the future is now, um, but it's definitely going to be, you know, unique in how, you know, you can use, utilize technology to enhance our viewing, um, watching of the sports and just, you know, everything and every aspect. You know, I was watching the launch and just having, you know, they were just showing that you can like have multiple screens and, you know, different apps open. I'm just like, this is going to be so much that goes into it. And I mean, technology is one of the only sectors that's going to continually advance. Like we're never going to regress in technology. So when you think about all the new exciting possibilities, like this is great. And VR, I mean, this is what people want. People want new engaging experiences, new enhanced experience. So I'm excited to see how that goes with the with the NBA and sports in general. But I, you know, it's going to be an exciting time. It's just going to bring fans closer to the game, which is yeah, what honestly all these, all these companies want. They want to get fans in the seats. They want fans to watch their content. They want fans to have experiences at home like those are probably the three levels of like what these leagues and partnerships mean so this is just going to only get better and better um the price point it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how many people actually buy it when it first comes out at that price point um but you know yeah, yeah, but you know they'll have that initial price point but it'll come down they'll have like yeah, it'll come down. So, so this is the initial they're getting you so hyped and people are just you know they're you know there's going to be sold out and then they'll have one for two thousand and just have ones you know, different level ones, different features, different ones. You know, so yeah, it's you know, we're just it's, we're just scratching the surface. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Shout out to Apple. I love Apple. Yeah, great, um, great. Another great American company. Tim Cook, another fantastic CEO, great leader. Yeah, they're they're the best company in the world. I think. Yeah, they so. actually had a great um, feature in him on this. Uh, I think it was last month's GQ, the June edition of GQ is really good, really good. Okay. You know, so yeah, man. Yeah. I'll check that out. I'll check that out. All right, man. Uh, we're 42 minutes in. This is a great conversation. Uh, we really dove into some specific stuff like the finals, Chris Paul, free agency. We kind of went to rabbit holes everywhere, which is great. This is a, pod- <laughs> this is, this is a podcast, right? You just start talking and you start going to places you didn't think you were going to be. So uh, this was a great conversation. Um, we had some people pop in, and we'll, we'll figure out what type of content we want, we want to put in, put out after that. Um, but uh, got some tunes we can play because this is 